Friends, yesterday um, we, we started talking about the new covenant. And, and I just want to spend just, just one more, uh, maybe, maybe one more day here for, for just a moment. Uh, just, I want to make sure you have a good understanding of this. I kind of closed out uh, talking about that this is an unconditional covenant. It's is made uh, with the blood of Jesus. Now, now friends, in, in our day and time, you know, the blood has become offensive. No one wants to talk about it anymore. Uh, but friends, I, I want you to know that I believe with all of my heart that the blood of the Lord Jesus Christ cleanses from all sin. The Bible says without the shedding of blood, there is no forgiveness of sins. And so if you attend a church or you're sitting under some sort of pastoral leadership that doesn't preach the blood or tells you the blood isn't important or tells you the blood has lost its power, you need to run and you need to run away as fast as you can. Friends, listen to me. The Bible tells us of the importance of the blood of Christ. I suppose the cross is offensive, and I suppose the blood is offensive too. And I suppose no one wants to hear about it, uh, but friends, that's just the enemy that's creeping in. And the enemy's going to tell people that you can't talk about the blood anymore, but I'm telling you right now, there's power in the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. And because there's power in the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ, we must be faithful to preach and teach the truth of God's word. And here's the truth, friends. The blood of Christ Jesus atones the sins of those who put their faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. He has died as a propitiation for our sins. And so you have to come by the blood of Christ, by faith, to be reconciled with God, to be saved. You have to. There's no other way. It's by the blood. There's power, power, wonder-working power in the blood of the Lamb. There's a fountain filled with blood, drawn from Emmanuel's veins, and sinners plunged beneath that flood, lose all their guilty stains. It's by the blood. It's always been by the blood. Well, friends, taking those things into account, I want us to come back to that new covenant. Jesus establishing it in his blood. He breaks the bread. This is my body, but this is my blood that establishes the covenant. And when you come into this covenant with the Lord Jesus Christ established by his blood, it is an unconditional covenant that you enter into with him. Your salvation is secure, not because of you, but because of his finished work. And friends, that's what the writer of Hebrews is going to tell us in Hebrews chapter number 9, starting in verse 15, I want you to listen to what the writer of Hebrews says. I'm just going to kind of pick it apart as we go. Therefore, Jesus is the mediator of a, listen, new covenant. So that those who are called might receive the promise of the eternal inheritance. Because a death has taken place for redemption from the transgressions committed under the first covenant. So that first covenant, remember, it's passing away. Why? It's old. It's defiled. It's passing away. So a death has now occurred for redemption for the transgressions for those committed under the first covenant. So a death has taken place. Whose death? Jesus' death. Listen, the Bible says, where a will exists, the death of the one who made it must be established. For a will is valid only when people die, since it is never enforced while the one who made it is living. That is why 
Even the first covenant was inaugurated by blood. So for the covenant to stand like a wheel, blood has to be shed. For when every command had been proclaimed by Moses to all the people according to the law, he took the blood of calves and goats along with water, scarlet wool, and hyssop and sprinkled the scroll itself and all the people saying, this is the blood of the covenant that God has commanded for you. In the same way, he sprinkled the tabernacle and all the articles of worship with blood. According to the law, almost everything is purified with blood. And without the shedding of blood, there is no remission of sins. So we think about that. So, so, so here he says, just like a will, the only way it's established is the death of the one who uh, made the will uh, has to occur. So in the covenant, the death a death has to occur for it to be enacted. This is why blood is sprinkled. All right. So he goes on to say, therefore, it was necessary for the copies of the things in the heavens to be purified with these sacrifices. But the heavenly things themselves to be purified with better sacrifices. For the Messiah did not enter a sanctuary made with hands, only a model of the true one, but into heaven itself, so that he might now appear in the presence of God for us. He did not do this to offer himself many times as the high priest enters the sanctuary yearly with the blood of another. Otherwise, he would have had to suffer many times since the foundation of the world. But now he has appeared one time at the end of ages for the removal of sin by the sacrifice of himself. And just as it is appointed for people to die once and after this judgment, so also the Messiah, having been offered once to bear the sins of many, will appear a second time not to bear sin, but to bring salvation to those who are waiting for him. So let's just let's just run through that. So so every year the high priest goes into the tabernacle. He enters into the Holy of Holies. And when he enters into the Holy of Holies, there is the Ark of the Covenant with the mercy seat. And the high priest sprinkles the mercy seat with blood. He has entered into the presence of God. He sprinkles the mercy seat on the, um, uh, on the Ark of the Covenant with blood. And then he exits. He can't stay there. Why? Because in just a matter of moments, uh, he's going to be consumed with sin once again. And He's not going to be able to stand in the presence of a holy God. He's going to die. This is why they would tie a rope around his ankle in case he died while he was in the Holy of Holies. They would drag him out. Okay, so they, but they did this. The, the high priest, the earthly high priest of the Levitical line did this once a year on the Day of Atonement. He would go in, he would sprinkle the mercy seat, he would come out. And he did that to a to an earthly tabernacle. One, the Bible says, the writer of Hebrews says, that is a copy of that which is in heaven. But Jesus, as the mediator of the new covenant, as a high priest in the order of Melchizedek, takes his own blood and through his death and resurrection passes into the heavens, walks through heaven, walks directly into the throne room of God where his father is reigning and Jesus takes his own blood and sits down at the right hand of the father in the seat of authority in the seat of intercession in the seat of uh, in the seat of worship 
Now, now, now notice when Jesus walked into that heavenly tabernacle, he doesn't have a rope tied around him unless he dies to be drawn back out. You know why? Because he's entered into a place that no one else could ever enter into. Jesus has entered into the throne room of heaven before God offered his blood. And when God accepts his blood, he sits down next to the Father in heaven where he reigns today. God has accepted his sacrifice. When Jesus says it is finished on the cross of Calvary, he meant it. There is no other Savior. There is no other way. The only way to enter into covenant, be reconciled to God, is to come by the blood of the Lamb. You cannot come any other way. It is through the blood of the Lord Jesus Christ and the blood of the Lord Jesus Christ only that you can enter into a relationship with the Holy God. Jesus went to the cross, he died, he resurrected, he passed through the throne room, he sits at the right hand of the Father and is coming back. He is the Savior. And you must receive him. You can't go another way. Not by Muhammad, not by Buddha, not by Joseph Smith, not by Mary Udi Baker, not by 300 million Hindu gods. None of them will save you. Only Jesus can. He says he's the way, the truth, and the life. And no one comes to the Father but through him. How do you know that's true? Because the cross of Calvary and the resurrection of the Lord Jesus Christ.